welcome to day 283 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Paul Camp here uh, with the gang. David's here, Cindy's here, Matt's here. Uh, we continue to uh, read through Matthew, and uh, we found ourselves in the middle of you know Matthew's parables. And of course, he is speaking in parables because it, it makes the truth of the kingdom accessible to those who have a heart to hear and who have ears to hear and eyes to see, but it also... Uh, kind of conceals, you know, the very same truths to those who approach it without the same heart, eyes, and ears. And so as we come to you know, Scripture and continue in those parables, let, let's pray, you know, that the Father would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and, and a heart to respond, you know, deeply to Him. So, Cindy, do you mind uh, lifting us up with a word of prayer before we read? No. Father, we just uh, approach Your Word in this time. Um knowing just how important it is. Yeah, you, we don't take these words lightly, and yet, Father, um, they are a great gift. Sometimes we take for granted. So as Paul's already said, would you just take this time now and open the eyes of our hearts, Father, that we may see see you, see the things that you want to convey to us, Father, whether it's conviction of sin, Father, or comfort by your word. We just ask that you would, by your Spirit, do this in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're still in Matthew 13. We're picking up in verse 24. Jesus told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weed come from? And the enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Uh, Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted it in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds. Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Tell them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowds in parables. He did not say anything anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth and speak in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came in and said, Explain to us the parables of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. Uh, the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of age. The son of man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a 
a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels uh, will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his own town, he began to teach the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this in um, his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters you know, here with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own house. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. One of our you know friends who has uh, recently you know written a you know written a book on uh, on Matthew says you know Matthew uh, thirteen fifty two is this kind of a biographical sketch of Matthew himself. Uh, he said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old, and that's certainly what you are. Finding in in Matthew, someone who is well-versed in the tradition of the people, but is taking those things and bringing them out in light of of the kingdom. So that's our our buddy Patrick Schreiner. Mm -hmm. It's it's an interesting thesis, and and it's a very convincing thesis. But uh, maybe a little biographical sketch of the author of this book, who certainly does have a... And it's kind of interesting, you know, to even, you know, think that New Matthew was a tax collector. He may have gone to seminary and then said, nah, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to make a living, you know, being wealthy. And, and of course, you see that uh, as a part of it. All speculation. Let's Bringing get in. out treasures let's, in the world rather into, than treasures in the world. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Wow, that's, that was really profound. David Keefe. I wasn't part of it. <laughs> did I tell you I was here with David Keefe? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. He's here now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what a great string of parables, you know, you have to love kind of how Jesus, you know, says, hey, I'm going to teach you parables and people aren't going to hear and people aren't going to respond. And then he teaches a bunch of parables and yet they just time and time again, he explained to us what the kingdom is like, but that also the preciousness of the kingdom of heaven, you know, you get, it's like the treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. It's like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When we begin to to hear and to see and to respond rightly, we see just how you know desirable the kingdom of heaven is, how valuable it is, and and, and so I mean we read this and, and our response can't be you know oh, wow there's a kingdom yeah no and, and there's a couple things in the responses of those parables you know in both uh, you know the treasure hidden in the field and the pearl of great price and of course you wonder the image you know that Jesus has in mind uh, how many pearl dealers did he, he, he know but anyway <laughs> as, as you look at these you know look at these images one is the incomparable value uh, of what we have in Christ and we talked about that you know yesterday uh, you look and see things that uh, righteous people and prophets long to look and see so the you have the surpassing value you know of what we have in the gospel and what we have in Christ but you also have the enthusiastic response to it mm-hmm. and that response in both instances is to 
get rid of everything else and buy the kingdom. And, and, and of course, that is a, that, that's a picture of repentance. That's turning away from everything else, those things you know, that capture our hearts and capture our minds and you know, capture our affection and turning to, in full brace, uh, the kingdom and, it, and, and its king. I really like, too, how the kingdom is compared to something as small as a mustard seed or even as small as yeast, um, and yet it's impact and it grows and um, probably very surprising that, you know, his kingdom is advancing and continues to advance to this day. No, and, and, and of course, you know, in Jesus' day, as far as those who were, uh, you know, the, the experts and the teachers of the law who are well-versed in the prophets, and you see the incredible promises of the of the latter days, uh, you know, it would have been off to, as far as they were concerned, a very unimpressive start yeah. in the person of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but it would one day do as, and of course this is going back to some of the visions in Daniel, <laughs> grow to be a large tree or a kingdom, you know, that inhabits the entire earth. And then you you sort of have in the, you know, in that, you know, vision, you know, the birds of the air really not only attracting, you know, not only attracting a, uh, those who are truly of the kingdom, but also attracting you know the evil influences of the outside world, which is that first parable. Mm-hmm. You know that in the church there there's the both weeds and and good seed. We don't know the difference. Uh, we we can't really pull them out. We we suspect you know that there's uh, you know some people around us that you look pretty <laughs> weedy to us. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know uh, Jesus' admonition is to let them grow together and let God sort things out, and that that's really nice wisdom. <laughs> you know, when it comes to our judgment of others and our sometimes wrongly placed indecisive action. Mm-hmm. That did also make me think of you know Peter and, and his letter. You know, he does kind of talk about. Maybe this specifically, maybe not, but he he kind of has that that call that he does give, you know, people who, you know, um, do feel they are living amongst those that don't know Christ. And, you know, he just tells them, you know, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. And then this part, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You know, so there is this reminder that, Jesus is going to come back. He is going to separate. And that we do have this call as the people of God today to, to meant to live among them in a way that hopefully they would come and know Christ and and be saved and, and to be able to enjoy the day that the Lord is coming. Well, and, of course, there's many ways that you know, people look at end times, and we we certainly don't want to with a minute and ten seconds left in today's podcast you know, to get in all the ins and outs and uh, the arguments that we might create here, but uh, you know, God will consummate His His kingdom when He brings it into His fullness, and and we we need to hear and we need to know that there there is a a moment of judgment, you know, coming uh, when He will you know judge everyone according to their deeds, and and, and we have you know both in Revelation, uh, you know, we have the great white throne judgment of of God when He judges, you know, the nations. Uh, but we also have the judgment seat of Christ that Paul tells us about that that, that we will stand in front of and, and and we will be measured. So there is there is always a note of, of judgment, and with the note of judgment, there is always a call uh, to repentance. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't know Lord, to know Him, and for those of us who do know Him, to renew ourselves in, in devotion uh, to Him. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. 
We thank you for your mercy to rescue us. But we thank you for your certain justice that calls us to account. Thank you that uh, we have been justified by the just one who gave himself for us. And Father, may the depth of his work in us bear fruit in our lives. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.